Welcome back to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Earth, a podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in sustainability and how we can work together to create a more resilient future. I'm your host Namrata and I'm thrilled to introduce our guest speaker for today, Ms. Linika Jacob, the managing trustee at the Kala Chopal Trust. The Kala Chopal Trust was founded in May of 2018 to work in the area of arts, culture and environmental sustainability. These past 4 years, the trust has been working with communities on culture for development and to contribute to the creative economy. Kala Chopal is committed to facilitating between traditional and contemporary arts, creating conversations that impact an in-depth appreciation of art to engage with sustainable development goals to influence an approach to climate change. And for our audience's information, I've actually volunteered with the trust over a year ago and had the opportunity to work on some very socially and culturally relevant topics. So I'm really happy that we can have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us, ma'am. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Namrata, for inviting me. Yeah, so to to get started, I just thought maybe you could take us a little bit through your journey at Kala Chopal and what inspired you to work in the visual arts and culture space and also what, you know, the different projects that Kala Chopal is working on right now. Yeah, so the Kala Chopal began uh, you know in 2018 we had done a largish festival in Jaipur called Jaipur uh, Kala Chopal 2017 where we worked on environment concerns around water and we had uh, 47 artists that came in from 15 different countries and there were collaborations with contemporary artists and uh, we did uh, you know heritage uh, water heritage so um okay but post that engagement um you know we formulated the kala chop 18 to to work with the complexity of the cultural environment arts and cultural environment in india we've done multiple projects in between and we've been working pan india uh, to support or create ecosystems current projects on hand are living a dark night which has just concluded its uh, you know uh, collection has finished it was started during covid 2020 because um, you know kala chopal formulation in may 2018 was soon in early 2020 so we hardly had any time uh, and you were one of the interns that worked during the covid period and you worked on living a dark night um, so the project luckily has had a two year trajectory the intention was to create an archive of artistic perspective around covid and printmakers uh, you know which is another niche group uh, of artists and it's a niche practice so the project is now um, has just announced the emerging printmaker grants that's for formulated uh, through the funds that we collected uh, in the course of the project and you know we've had multiple collaborators that have worked with it but the main archive now rests with the museum of art and photography in bangalore so oh okay awesome so, yeah so we've uh, yeah had it uh, you know we've been lucky for them to have uh, thought about it sensitively and uh, they'll do tactile versions of it so it cuts across barriers Mm. then the second uh, project that we are working on is bulench legacy festival which is you know the regeneration of the cultural nar- narrative lost cultural narratives of a tierby town it started as a research and documentation a project uh, you know using built heritage as a premise but it has now four sections uh, we managed the festival in 2022 it takes time to develop these projects put the baseline 
for the structure we don't even feel like a conversation when we are working on the base and groundwork uh, but you know at least the ground and the spaces are now ready to receive contemporary artists okay awesome uh, but uh, so one thing that really excites me uh, about the work that kala chopal does is you know working on sustainability issues but through the lenses of visual media cultural heritage and of course you know these days are so many conversations about sustainability much talk about carbon footprint net zero and all of that but uh, i found that much of that has kind of fallen on the pillow of the environmental sector but this is one of those organizations that is also big on social sustainability preservation of culture and heritage so my question to you is then Do you think there are enough people within this space talking about culture and visual culture as part of sustainability narratives and was that something that you consciously wanted to incorporate as part of your work or did it kind of emerge through the nature of the projects of that you know Kala Chapal and Tate's So you know after we did the JKC 2017 I realized that you know have changed any artist's life or you know have I created a ripple um I'm told I'm not sure Uh, but i'm told by you know uh, people that we possibly the only uh, cultural environmentalistic organization uh, oh, wow. working you know specifically in this area um, but having said that individuals and organizations uh, you know that are working uh, uh, but a lot of the lot of the work happens you know closed doors or in uh, you know spaces that are more controlled or in metros you know to do work outside or in a tier b town um i think there're just a handful of people maybe you know as an organization you're working like this then what is the impact that you're causing so you know the journey becomes very very hard to and i'm sure a lot of people would do this if there was more economics in the environment you know and they could be better supported yeah of course and take from there how do you f- then find funding for such project projects you know there's not a lot that the state supports so how do you gather the kind of resources you need in order to take on a case even district level you know for bulanshe legacy so for bulanshe legacy actually negotiated with local administra- administration we tied mous with three academic institutions so we are tied into yeah. sept university amdabad for built colonial built heritage we are tied into shivnada university uh, the school of humanities uh, and uh, you know the contemporary and performance art department then we are tri- tied into the jindal school of art and art uh, to offer internships so you know a lot of the work can happen uh, So these internships are meaningful because we get the academic support uh and for to negotiate a lot with the local developmental authorities the administration um and eventually we are now the only arts and culture organization that has a MOU in perpetuity with the department of tourism of Uttar Pradesh to uh, to regenerate uh and you know run bulanshe legacy as a pilot project and see the replicability the success and the replicability these are models that are slow in building it's not a 100% replicable model i guess there's never any proper yardstick to judge um and uh i'm trying to work in out an impact assessment because it's it's got roots 
so it's not just a top down approach to festival making uh, you know uh, so we're working but it's going to take some years i think for it to be uh, uh, you know well the bones of it are there so the bones are very replicable mm-hmm. the success uh, you uh, by people outside you know what are the matrix we yeah. need to figure yeah still in the making yeah, yeah. how big of a role do you think visual arts can play as a tool in creating some sort of get back towards addressing climate change and can we use visual arts to kind of talk about and talk about the environment outside of maybe just spreading awareness and maybe taking it a little further so visual arts internationally is now activistic organizations and uh, in fact i'm part of something called the green art lab alliance which is about you know a world uh, organizations that are working on uh, you know artists working on environmental practices um psilium and fungi and materiality in terms of um, visual art practice increase there's so much more you can do land art you can do you can be a permaculture artist uh, okay. so you can do environmental practice uh you know uh, ground up uh, and from an artistic standpoint so it's a much wider range as understood uh, and you know earlier they were two dimensional um in terms of ease of understanding for a larger you know, awareness nothing better than visual arts or performing arts or music to uh, yeah. because it takes you to that seventh dimension right you know art has yeah. the ability to inspire art has the ability to impact uh, art also has the ability to cut across languages so uh, you know an artist and an art practice is a powerful tool and can be uh, you know uh, utilized fully but it needs uh, people to believe in it yeah absolutely and have you, you ever faced in across stakeholders you need corporates to believe in it you need the government to believe in it you need you know inspire the artists to work more india you know from the ancient times has been culturally rich and arts were always supported you know and that's what made india unique because yeah. we got the most beautiful architecture we got the most beautiful uh, and unique you know dances every region has its own uh, you know uniqueness and approach uh, so it's a pity that uh, we are losing that uh, yeah. you know differentiation yeah but when you've kind of introduced a project to different stakeholders be it you know citizens or the government or different kind of regulatory bodies have you ever what has been the kind of struggle to communicate what exactly the vision of the project is and where it's going forward or have you found people to be far more you know accepting and excited about taking on something like this so for bulenshir specifically you know it's just two hours outside of delhi so mm-hmm. what happens is a lot of the younger educated generation has moved out of the city and there's been a lot of rural to urban migration now in the yeah. rural to urban migration there's no understanding of any built or intangible tangible heritage uh, okay. so it's an uphill task because a lot of it is very rough uh, the environment um but having said that when the citizen awareness was floated a lot of the educated class still has 
you know uh, roots in bullenshire so it was easier those were low hanging fruit to begin with because they were seeing that gap they were they had the pain of the city you know slipping into nothingness so they were the ones but if you ask me on real time ground uh, you know out of 100% maybe 2% will actually participate yeah you know a lot of people will tell you it's great but you know the real time uh, hands on the ground is an uphill task there's not as much engagement as maybe you'd like yeah yeah i think there are visionaries even in the government or administration where they see the potential uh, you know uh, uh, the good approach that one is taking and uh, i mean i'm grateful for every you know officer of the government that has you know helped us uh, move these uh, steps forward i'm also very grateful to some of the citizens and some of the volunteers that worked in the legacy festival despite their own practices it's never easy to you know uh, volunteer yeah on projects like this where there's you know you're so cash strapped so money strapped and the legacy festival was only possible because the tourism you know funded us okay uh, you know they actually uh, and i want to mention you know mr mukesh meshram who is the dg tourism and culture of up you know he was fabulously supportive um, so that's how this happened but um, i mean it's it's an uphill task yeah yeah no for sure i can imagine um thank back to one of the things you mentioned earlier about how you know so much of the work that the trust has done has been during the pandemic so if i'm not wrong so then the like what is carried forward also has been you know a lot of virtual kind of engagement um and of course there's so many perks to the digital medium you know you can connect with people across the country globally there's so much meaningful exchange that we've been able to have because of it but i also remember in some of the discussions we used to have previously about how you know the largest carbon footprint in within visual culture does come from the digital medium so then how do you kind of appropriate digital media to culture while also being conscious about its environmental impact you know how do you as an organization tackle with something like this i think the tools so we are a very hands on organization we are very ground up in yeah. covid there was no choice but to be digital yeah. so i don't think we are we appropriate digital because it has a carbon footprint so we appropriate to send out the right messaging uh, yeah. look at the messages that are being streamed today they're so you can waste hours and hours on watching uh, you know trivial uh, uh, news and and trivial views so you know when you uh, influx the digital uh, and the cyberspace with the right kind of information that's what we use we use it as a tool uh, yeah it's not our only medium we are all real time living a dark night hit 8 to 9 locations in physicality you yeah. know from shanti niketan to kolkata to baroda to bangalore to Delhi as part of the India Art Fair it had real time engagements where people could you know physically see the works um so you know while it was born out of a digital uh, you know uh, sort of you know you put out google forms and you your process was digital the final uh, output was physically shown Valencia okay. Legacy Festival is digital only in its research and documentation because it allows people to read through for posterity but yeah. uh, the festival the work is all physical built heritage site schools that we are working on with sept 
uh, and you know state archaeology we've actually managed to declare three monuments protected in Bulandshire no. through the state archaeology that's all physical yeah. work yeah absolutely not digital about it mm. yeah no i mean more in terms of say you know the e-commerce side shop chopal for example you know we're working to connect artisans to like giving them a market space which is digital there's not much they have to do in terms of other than you know document their work and upload it so there's not a lot of one on one maybe engagement that they might need to have with people across the country looking to buy that specific kind of artwork see shop chopal uh, uh, namrita was in is one an experimentation in possibilities of digital marketing and okay. how much of impact can it give but in your india as a as a community still likes to be tactile the mm-hmm. customer still likes the physicality of it and uh, the journey of the shop chapal was to see as many people under the umbrella of a single selling point right but okay. as soon as the environment started opening out uh then you need to start picking and choosing and which was not the journey of the shop chopal shop chopal was to give everybody equally a marketing opportunity all artists okay so that has slowed down and i think the learnings have been tremendous uh for me personally because we started in 2020 because there was no other avenue with the lockdown you know they every day went down the drain Yeah. and it was a knee jerk reaction to that um you know uh, but efficacy and success is still questionable on digital marketing for arts and crafts okay okay and it's a minuscule uh, you know impact okay okay because you know the number of artisans that are unsupported in the country or have to do their sales directly um is uh, is uh, and it's difficult to put them all on board there are there are multiple lacune maybe that requires another full conversation but yeah yeah okay um and so i was just wondering so you know the some the, the nature of each project that you know the trust works on is so different from each other while they all of course have some sort of connecting narrative and they all working towards uh, uh you know a social cause um how do you find such different range of projects is that something that you brainstorm with the team or is or do projects come to you through collaboration how have you uh, you know worked on these different kind of range of projects in terms of both like width and breadth and you know it's quite a lot that working on at a time so the projects come out of sometimes you know organically through conversations or through thinking yeah. uh, like the bulenshi legacy project it's my native city if i want to run a pilot to try and understand what can happen at a tier b town level it was the lowest hanging fruit for the ngo to work locally uh, and it, it gave me the avenues that i required because i'm personally a citizen of bulenshire and it allows uh, it, it inspires and hopefully will inspire other citizens of their own uh, you know of different towns and cities to pick a gauntlet you need you know an individual to Uh, pick this conflict uh living a dark night is a collaboration with dr paula sengupta who's a printmaker and she's also an academician uh, at rabindra bharti in kolkata and um, you know we were tired of donating and trying to uh, support young artists and we did fundraising because a lot of the young artists got stuck because a lot of them have migrated from smaller areas to 
cities and when the lockdown was sudden they couldn't travel back home right so a lot of them was you know sort of starving and uh, so the first round was we just did grants like you know for migrants <laughs> similarly we did it for artists yeah. but the grant was so small you know people related much more to migrants than to artists Oh, okay. Um, that was stuck. So this this was uh, during the second wave of the pandemic that we decided to do this. So the artists had by then they were you know artists are thinkers and they feel they feel deeply. That's how they are able to practice the the kind of practices they do. So uh, the living a dark night was just to for them to get ex, you know expressions out emotions out. and you know so the archive is built of real time emotions of artists yeah that's why it's significant so each yeah. project has its own journey some of it is or and most of it is actually organic but much it's all structured on paper before it goes out there yeah no thinking might happen through learnings and through conversations but we work only on proper written structures okay okay and uh, just to kind of uh, wrap up this is my last question uh, do you feel that there's any gap within the cultural heritage or contemporary art space that is working towards this that urgently kind of needs some intervention say in india and if there's any listener who may be interested but they don't know where to situate themselves within this network would you have any advice for them I think you just have to keep uh, looking out so practitioners need funds you have to keep looking out for grants that allow you allow you to do environmental practices um yeah. get yourself educated more if possible on what are the different environmental artistic practices that are taking place across the world and see how those can be applied in India um work with organizations that have a journey um volunteer earn and then i think uh, find autonomy in your practices because you won't always get an umbrella yeah um, there's nothing specific where you can go in india for this kind of work okay so you can you can i mean kochi banel this time was on sustainability or uh, i think that it was climate crisis Yeah, uh, it opened out. So there are some festivals, some projects that are working, and some organizations that float grants around it. So you have to keep your eyes and ears out. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Uh, so with that, we come to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, ma'am. It was very insightful, and actually one of the first episodes on this podcast where we spoke about. sustainability and the role of culture within you know sustainable narratives so we really hope that there was a lot to take away for our audience is there anything else that you would no i think it's great that you thought of it and it's great that you sort of uh, you know uh, wanted to discuss this because uh, i think there have to be more and more and more discussions uh, that are pertaining to this uh, which is you know um, artist role in climate change artist role in environment to artist and artist role in uh, you know community awareness and the impact of visual arts which is larger and and you know uh, uh, in the real space and out of a white box these discussions are important yeah absolutely yeah, mm. yeah. 
thank you so much uh, once again for joining us thank and you, uh, to our audience please join experience by subscribing to our podcast on your preferred streaming platform so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes and while you're at it do check out our website www.kapoxy.com instagram and twitter handles we will also be linking color chopal's instagram and social media handles as well as their website so please please check it out they do some fascinating work and do you know volunteer for their next event do participate there's a lot of uh, scope to be involved so Yeah, hope you have a pleasant experience being on board with us as we discuss uncomfortable topics for a comfortable future.